Welcome to the J. Kim Show, Hong Kong's first dedicated podcast on investing in Asia. It's no secret that Asia is home to some of the most dynamic, innovative, and game-changing companies in the world. Join us as we survey the land to find the most profitable investment opportunities that will allow you to capitalize off this next wave of wealth creation. If this is your first time listening, thank you for stopping by. This podcast is produced with the goal of providing actionable insights with every single episode. And now, onto the show. Hey, Tao, how are you doing? Thank you for joining us. Uh, and we're, we're very happy to have you and we appreciate your time. So uh, for the audience that's tuning in, maybe you could give us a quick uh, introduction of who you are and what you do for a living. Yeah, sure. Uh, thank you for having me, uh, Jay. So uh, my name is Tao and I, uh, I'm currently a managing member of Alpha Architect and uh, we are a SEC registered investment advisor based in suburban Philadelphia. And uh, we, uh, we currently manage a, approximately $700 million across uh, SMA and ETFs. So uh, SMA stands for separately managed accounts and ETFs are, are in play just exchange traded funds. So we're an uh, we're ETF provider as well. Uh, and our main uh, focus is we're trying to deliver uh, focused, you know, uh, factor exposure to our uh, target clients and, and especially value and momentum. And, and for those of people that are not familiar with these two terms, they're, they're essentially just uh, factors that we, you know, uh, out of hundreds of different factors that has been discovered by the uh, academia, uh, they tend to work in the past. They um, uh, they tend to offer what we believe the the highest premium, and uh, we 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 form a portfolio. We, we do it in a uh, in a concentrated way, and uh, that's that's pretty much what we do. So, Tao, thank you for the intro, and um, we'll get into a little bit more about factor based investing in a bit. Um, and your background, uh, you, are you from the Philadelphia area yourself or are you, um, are you from over on this part of the world? Yeah. So I, uh, I came to the United States seven years ago. So I, I was, was born and raised in, uh, in China. So I spent first 22 years in China. Uh, and uh, the reason why I came to the United States is because I, I wanted to learn finance and investment in a more systematic way. And this is apparently, you know, uh, you know, the, I, I, I thought, and I still think the center of the world and the best place to learn finance. So that's why I came here. Did, were you, um, were you exposed to, uh, okay. So I'm just drawing off of my experience and a lot of experience for, for, from people, maybe younger uh, kids or students coming up through school. Um, you know, I mean, there's many different ways. The market is huge. There's many different ways to make money in the market. And there's many sort of specialties, specializations. And, um, you know, you, you, you told me in a previous conversation about how you met uh, Wes, who's the founder of uh, Alpha Architect. So maybe you can share with the audience a little bit about that and what led you down this uh, more quantitative path uh, as opposed to maybe, uh, you know, going to be an investment banker or going to be a stockbroker, you know? Exactly. So, exactly. And initially, you know, investment banker will, will, will probably be one of my dream jobs in the place. But uh, yeah, let, let me just give you some background information about how I get into this, you know, systematic, you know, investment world. So, <clears throat> and uh, so the, my, my experience with investment really started, you know, 
with being an, an observer or a watcher. So back to 2006 and seven, you probably know China was in the middle of the probably one of the biggest board market in the history by its climbing speed, you know, and the, the, the index, the, the Shanghai Exchange Composite Index went from 1,000 to uh, all the way up to 6,000 within less than two and a half years. So it's, it was definitely the craziest thing ever. Um, and I was surrounded by all the people and college classmates that's you know, either buying stock, you know, actively involved into this or, you know, talking things about, you know, investments, all that kind of stuff. So I was really interested, but I was also, uh, uh, I think I, I see myself as a very conservative guy. I was, I was a little skeptical about what I've, what I've, what I was, you know, observing. And because I, I am also influenced by my, by my dad, he runs a family business for over 30 years, been doing one thing for over, you know, 30 years. And uh, lately the business is getting, uh, you know, get to see a little, you know, success and making mm-hmm. money. So I know that you can't not get rich overnight, you know, so that, um, that craziness just, um, I, I was all, you know, uh, skeptical about it. And, but, you know, I was definitely interested in it. So I, I bought some books. I, I, I try to learn that stuff in a more systematic way. Um, but barely before I finished any of the books, the market actually turned and turn around and start to crash. Like, you know, like, like there is no tomorrow and everybody panic. So I get to see a lot of human reactions and, you know, towards that. And, uh, that, that's when I, you know, made my decision that, okay, I, you know, I, I can't be like stock picker. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, I can't trade this thing out of my mind. I have to learn it systematically, you know, learn it systematically. So I came to the United States, like I said, I finished my uh, master of degree in finance from Drexel University, learned all those theories, concepts, right? And, uh, but it's still, I, I, I still, don't feel comfortable about doing this with my own money, like trading stocks. And during those two years, that's, that's also where, and, and when I met Wes, uh, Wesley Gray, who was the founder of Alpha Architect. Uh, so he was, he was, uh, he was teaching one of the classes that I took and he was also managing assets for his, you know, friends and families. So I, 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 I thought, Hey, this guy must know what he's talking about. So I approached him said, Hey, Wes, I, I learned a lot of stuff from school textbooks and, uh, and I managed to pass three levels of S, S, you know, CFA within two years, but still like, how do you connect what you've learned from the, from the book, like those theories to real world trading? Like, you know, for example, I know the benefits of diversification and, but how do you generate like a real asset allocation and then model and then, and trade it? So I wanted to make connection between these two. And uh, I, I said, hey, Wes, I wanted to work for you for free. I mean, nice. what do you think? I, I can do research projects, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, Wes is a cheap guy. So he was like, <laughs> he didn't even blink his eyes. So he basically said, hey, did I just hear like Chinese cheap labor? <laughs> Why not? I, I, I'm in. So I started working for him, doing research. Um, and what I, what I did is basically... Um, you know, collecting ideas from, you know, different academic papers, summarizing those, backtesting various, you know, trading strategies and putting them into a, a real trading execution model and impl- implement them. But I get to see the whole process of, you know, how you can turn a research idea 
into a, a real trading strategy and then finally execute those. So that's when I, I think, okay, you know, I, I start feeling, you know, start feel more comfortable, comfortable and, and confident about investing with my own money. And, you know, I, and I, and I thought, and I still think this is probably the way uh, of doing investments. Yeah. Um, thanks for sharing that backstory. So, um, yeah, what Wes is an interesting guy uh, to the audience uh, listening in. He's he was a Marine in the in, in the uh, the U.S. Navy, so he's got an interesting story. But um, you know, you, what you mentioned there about when you saw Shanghai and the price action of the index there, um, you know, I think this is is pretty classic um, sort of early investor, initial investor type sentiments that you experience. Luckily for you, I guess you didn't have a lot of your net worth right. in, the, in the market. So you didn't have to learn it necessarily the hard way. Um, so kudos to that. You, you were able to spot that, um, you know, what was happening and, and without jumping in uh, with the herd mentality. I know many of us, my, myself included, have, have definitely learned lessons the hard way uh, that, that are very costly. And so... Um, so just for the audience's back, uh, you know, sort of, uh, overview and background, you know, what ta- like our alpha architect is, is, uh, is a quant shop, I guess. Uh, and you know, when it comes to investing, I think, um, relying on factor-based investing, uh, which we'll get into a little bit later, kind of takes some of the emotion out of investing, which is what I find appealing about it. Um, but I think, uh, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe this is a good time to, to talk about, uh, first who are Alpha Architects clients? Are they institutions mostly, uh, can an individual participate in, you know, this high level sort of data driven investing as well? Yes. Most of our uh, clients are actually, uh, uh, retail clients and we recently, lately we were getting a big, uh, Potentially, we're going to get a big uh, allocation from from the institution uh, side, but I would say ninety percent of our money are still uh, retail clients. And uh, uh, what we do is the, what's what's interesting about our business is our business model is is really outsourced, not you know not about outsourced uh, or outbound uh, uh, marketing shop. We don't make any advertisement. We don't post any ads on any of the websites uh, we do inbound uh, marketing what's so called and what we do is uh west basically started the company back in 2010 by just mm-hmm. writing blogs and uh you know summarizing ideas from academic papers and tell you know basically um being transparent about investment like you know we're not trying to make something look fancy we make investment ideas um you know, simple to understand and, and basically breaks the uh, information symmetry uh, and, and let the people know, okay, investment can be done uh, a little simpler, not, you know, we're not trying to like sell this thing uh, in, in a complex way. So to, to justify the fees. Uh, so, uh, and also a lot of our clients, you know, our main goal is trying to raise a sustainable AUM uh, towards sustainable clients. And what's, so-called sustainable clients is they they need to understand um, and what you know 
value momentum is basically you know factor based investing, and that's 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 also a, a active active investment relative to you know indexing what's what's so called passive. So you, you you know as you know as 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 soon as you deviate from passive, you're going to have tracking error, and tracking error is basically how your portfolio deviates from your your benchmark, and it's going to be it, it'll be painful if to see that your portfolio underperform your mm-hmm. uh, benchmark for you know for three and five you know three to five years or even longer, but that's the the cost you you're going to have to pay, and we believe that you know, it's finally going to be compensated for taking that risk. That's great. I, I think uh, one of the things that is appealing to me about Alpha Architect is exactly what you said. You know, you guys start, your history started off catering towards the individual investor, the small guy. You know, I mean, when you think about quantitative, you know, quant and quantitative trading and the fact of it, you know, there's, there's, it's hugely, massively data driven. And so usually that requires... Uh, like you say, a higher sort of uh, uh, fee structure because there's so much uh, initial investment that goes into sort of analyzing the data and coming up with these models. Um, but the fact that now it's you know accessible to anyone, uh, I think it's really uh, exciting. Um, so let's talk a little bit uh, quickly about sort of um, the, the the different uh, strategies that or products maybe that that Alpha Architect offers. Yeah, yeah. So uh, first and first, we I, I just mentioned we uh, our main focus is to, is to deliver focused factor uh, exposure like we have momentum, uh, and what 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 that is is basically a long only equity uh, uh, investment strategy trying to do um, a little bit better than the index uh, over the long term, and that's our main focus. And then then we we have our uh, tactical asset allocation model and. We, what that is basically, we offer a diversified, global, globally um, um, diversified asset allocation uh, solution to our clients with um, with tilts uh, into value and momentum on the security selection uh, um, process, and also with you know downside pretend by doing trend following. Um, and and besides these two, we also uh, offer uh, tax efficient alternatives like you know. Uh, market neutral, onshore equity, hedge fund type of you know products. We also have um, a commodity carry program or you know trend following managed futures program, and uh, um, that's pretty much the three main focus you know main categories of our products. Right. So uh, so let's quickly talk about now um, factor based investing because that's it's sort of uh, I think a lot of it's funny, uh, again, it, retail investors, they tend, to, um, they tend to shy away from, uh, well, I think it's just for a lack of education. You know, when you, when you say quant and you say sort of data-driven and all this stuff, most people, they don't even bother trying to understand what the science behind that is. Um, so why don't you give us like a factor-based investing 101? What is factor, factor-based investing? What does that even mean? I would say factor is basically in 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 plain language. I uh, it's all the stocks. You know, it, let's say you're facing a universe of stocks of you know two thousand stocks. You're gonna how you're gonna you know. Uh, it's basically how you can um, differentiate one stock from another stock. 
and you can you can categorize one stock um, you know based on some characteristics of that stock so let's say some of the some of the well-known uh, factors like let's just use value because you know everybody everybody is familiar with value and it's well documented for over you know hundreds of years mm-hmm. and, and that factor is it, it, what, what that means is basically you can um, uh, you can rank the stocks a uh, universe of stocks based on some cheapness measurement and and, and you know uh, some 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 classical measurements like uh, uh, earn, you know price to earnings multiples price to sales multiples or you know uh, EBITDA multiples and you you, you basically basically rank stocks based on that measure uh, and, uh, and and put them into you know let's say 10 buckets and uh, the one that with the highest you know EBIT yield or highest uh, uh, earnings to price multiples they are so-called value stocks mm. and on the opposite that's the growth stocks and what, what basically what value strategy does is you go along the, the value stocks and go short the growth stocks and over time they you know the, the, they, they tend to provide a positive premium by doing so Got it. Uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's an interesting uh, way to to base your investment decisions on. And again, you know, factors are are because it's data driven. Uh, it gives the investor. I feel like it gives the investor a little bit more confidence. I mean, because you, these are this is like data sets that are back tested for decades, right? And um, you know that certainly uh, will help with your conviction and sort of managing your emotion, which is. I would say one of the largest components of, of investing is how you manage your, your personal emotion when it comes to the market. So when, you, uh, when, you're, when, you're, when you're looking at sort of, uh, you know, investments and putting together uh, sort of these factors as you bucket them into your different strategies, um, you know, in addition to sort of back testing and this sort of thing, you mentioned that Wes, he, he actually started by uh, uh, looking at academic journals and papers and pouring through that sort of research and then kind of filtering and using that to base uh, the models on. What, what are some other uh, processes that you guys go through when you're um, kind of screening for investments or coming up with uh, your process? Yeah, like you said, you know, a lot of our, a lot of our investment ideas are initially sourced from active papers and uh, we would constantly read and review different you know uh, academic papers see if there's any new idea coming out uh, and uh, uh, we started by testing various you know different theories and hypothesis uh, and we collect the data uh, because we're evidence-based investing so we collect the data and see um, uh, if there is any evidence to support or either support or against certain hypotheses, uh, um, and after that we would uh, we would do uh, some robustness tests, out of sample tests to see if the results are um, you know robust uh, under different circumstances. And uh, typically we would we, we would test you know uh, one investment you know one idea and you know, see if they work for different asset classes, see if they work. Uh, uh, in different countries and in different, you know, sub period to basically see if, if, if it's robust enough. Uh, and then we would put it into an implementation model and, and, and that's 
that's pretty much how we uh, generate investment ideas. And then we constantly review those. Uh, we talk to our clients, collect, you know, feedbacks from uh, interactive, you know, from interactions with the clients and, uh, you know, see if there is any improvements we can, we can, we can do to the models. That's pretty interesting. Uh, I, I want to, I want to uh, touch a little bit on uh, what, what we just spoke about. You know, I, I just mentioned it just now talking about the emotions and, of trading and investors and how, how that uh, leads to investors, leads investors to make wrong decisions uh, during times of market dislocation or volatility. You know, we just had uh, Jason Shu from Raylian and uh, another one of our mutual friends. And um, he was talking about how, uh, we were we were talking about this uh, this book Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman, which is he's a Nobel laureate, uh, Nobel Prize winner. Uh, he talks about psychology and how human beings are very good at rationalizing their decisions after the fact. So when you make an investment and it's not going your way, somehow the human brain is is wired to to justify and rationalize it. Say maybe you know the next time will be different and and uh, and and this sort of thing. So. Um, from a, you know, because using a quant and factor-based model for investing kind of tends to strip out a lot of that emotion. What, what are your thoughts on investing? You know, what are some of the things, the pitfalls that you saw, you know, maybe during that Shanghai market crash or, or just in general, when you encounter clients that, you know, come to you and they say, look, you know, I want to use Alpha Architect solution, uh, to help me manage my emotions during trading. You know, what, what are your views on that in general? Yeah, basically, like you said, uh, human beings are, are tend to, you know, they tend to make irrational decisions and, and they tend to be inconsistent with themselves depending on what kind of pressure they're facing. One day you're going to be doing this and the other day, you know, because, you know, outside conditions have changed, you probably will make a completely different decision. Uh, and that's what we've been seeing you know some of our clients are been you know they, they've been changing their models there you know because we, we 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 do offer you know custom solutions to our clients and we basically collect you know we we, we will talk to our clients hey what, what 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 are you thinking and we would uh recommend what we think would be the right thing to do and so that's why we we see a lot of uh you know irrational human human behavior you know, from that, and uh, from the the Shanghai Exchange uh, Composite Index crash, I, I didn't necessarily. Um, I, I definitely see a lot of you know interesting human reactions, but you know because I'm not actively involved into it. So, um, what I can give you an example is, you know, I myself, I sometimes will do some prop trading, you know, just for fun, uh, outside of, of what 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 we are doing for our clients. And I, I still could, you know, sometimes I couldn't even follow my own model. Uh, you know, for example, I have like a VIX trading, you know, strategy um, where I'm supposed to rebalance every, you know, every week on Thursday or Friday. Mm-hmm. But on Thursday, I'm under, you know, I'm, I'm losing big on that day. So, and because VIX is being acting like me reverting a, a, a lot recently so I would you know I'm supposed to balance but if I rebalance I basically realize in the loss and right. <laughs> uh, the next day movement is not going to affect my model anymore so I would hope okay 
I think this is going to re- revert. So, so I actually, a lot, you know, it happens to me a lot of times I didn't rebalance where, where I supposed to rebalance. So, you know, even if I'm, I, I've been doing research, you know, for five, seven years, I still, you know, couldn't follow like a simple model. So that, that's just, and it's dangerous. And I, I did some, I did some research afterwards to basically see if I rebalanced that model on, on, you know, basically if I follow that model uh, strictly, what would happen? And that sometimes it's, 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 you know, um, it's the same. And, and most of the time it, it's better off just follow the model. So uh, mm-hmm. and another example I can give you is basically uh, I, I think people trying too hard like me, you know, we're always trying to add some juice to the model that we built. So a good <laughs> example is, you know, Joe Grimblatt, you, you must have heard of this yeah. name. He's known for the book, the, uh, the little book that beats the market and also the magic formula. So formula investing was one of the, he's, he's firm that managing separate, uh, separate managed accounts for uh, clients, for his, some of his clients. And magic formula is, is a pretty simple and I would say a similar algorithm, but not the same. He basically ranked the stocks based on um, cheapness and, and quality and combine them and buy the top um, stocks with highest the score, right? And what he did is he, he did some research and he, wa- he basically wanted to see if I offer some discretion to our clients, um, what would happen? So he did a, a test. <laughs> so he, what, what he did is basically uh, he offered two options. One is you can, uh, we, we, we do this automatically for you. Whatever, uh, whatever the output is, whatever the, the final 30, 50 names generated from the model, what that, whatever that is, we're going to invest automatically for you in your account. Or you get to pick another option is it, we give you, uh, 30, 50 names, the, the output, and you get to decide which name you want to exclude, what mm-hmm. name you want mm-hmm. to add into the portfolio. And the result, you, you know, you, you, the result is, is, is basically fascinating. And um, he, I think he did that, re- he did that test from May 2009 to uh, November 2011. I can't remember the exact dates, but it was during that two or three years. And he summarized that the, collected all those data and summarized and, and basically it's fascinating. So the automatic accounts, they, I think they generate a return of somewhere around like 89% and wow. with 89%, which is, you know, which, which par- partially driven by the bond market of S and P mm-hmm. during that time. And so S and P, uh, I think earned somewhere around 60 69% or something. So basically the automatic accounts uh, uh, outperformed the passive index by, you know, slightly uh, about like 20% or something. And the, the, the discretionary accounts where the customers get to pick what stock wanted to be included or not, they are not only underperforming the automatic accounts, they also underperform the passive index. So <laughs> this is a perfect example of, you know, you think you're adding value by, collecting more information and, you know, but, and as a matter of fact, you're not, you know, you, yeah. you're better off just following the model. So that's a, that's a pretty good and interesting example. Thanks for that case study. That, that's really interesting. And uh, just so black and white on how <laughs> human emotion can really uh, fog things. You know, another cognitive bias that uh, investors have is something called uh, home country bias, where they're 
invest the majority of their assets in, in the country that they're, 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 they know best, you know. And so a lot of Americans, I'm American, a lot of Americans just only like to invest in the U.S. stock markets. Um, and that's, that's a global phenomenon, you know. It's a human behavior. So, you know, I mean, I'm sure you're well aware that people in Asia – I live in Hong Kong and people just love the Hong Kong market uh, and they don't look elsewhere. They think that it's the only market that they can trade and maybe they're afraid or maybe they just are lazy. They don't want to do the work. So um, I want to just shift gears now and, and talking about Asia and China and sort of your views uh, overall um, with, you know, you saw the, the sort of big uh, sell off in Shanghai and then the subsequent rise. And uh, what are your thoughts on the market in China and, what is uh, are there? What are the opportunities there that you see uh, coming forward? Yeah. So generally speaking, you know, I'm I'm native Chinese, so that's my hometown. Uh, I love my country, and and especially like you said, we're all we're all subject to the home bias to some extent, and uh, so uh, I've seen a lot of good things uh, that's happening to China right now. You know, China's has been more open to the world than before, you know, MCI is adding, you know, 222 names into their index. And we have this China, uh, Hong Kong connect. We've seen a lot of, you know, renovation and reform uh, of the stock market, you know, specifically. And uh, um, so I, I, I definitely think China has a lot of opportunities. And when it, when it comes down to specific investment, you know, um, strategies or how would you invest into China, you know, because we're, we're you know, I'm not a macro uh, economist, uh, economist, you know, I'm, I'm a quant, so I, I tend to uh, make decisions based on data that I looked at. So um, I think based on, uh, from a valuation standpoint, I think China uh, right now uh, is relatively cheap compared to United States. I think the United States at this stage is probably the expen- most expensive market, you know, yeah. around, you know, around the world. I mean, the ratio is, is probably 28 times or something, which is insane and on the probably over 90 percentile, you know, over the entire history. Uh, so I think, you know, from a diversification standpoint, um, it's definitely worthwhile checking out China and investing to, you know, uh, especially a U.S.-based investor to diversify a little bit by having um, some exposure in China or Asia. Uh, and specifically in Asia, it, it is kind of mixed that some of the countries, they are not, uh, they're not, at, you know, they're not really cheap, you know, like Philippines and Malaysia. But mm-hmm. some countries, they, they do have some opportunities, I think, like Hong Kong, uh, uh, South Korea, uh, China. They're all trading multiples, uh, relatively lower than the the rest of the world, so I definitely see some opportunities, and uh, and especially you know, uh, uh, China is considered is still considered as emerging markets, uh, uh, you know, part of the emerging markets, and and the human you know it's 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 heavily hum, you know uh, heavily retail driven, over mm-hmm. probably over eighty percent is driven by you know individuals. Uh, and that opens the gate actually to a lot of the systematic factor investing, you know, because, you know, I think, I think Chinese, uh, they tend to make irrational decisions. They, 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 they tend to make, you know, um, you know, biased decisions, uh, more relative to rest of, you know, the 
I, I want to see rest of the world, but you know, than the people in the developed markets because, you know, on average, there's still less, relatively less educated. I, I don't want to offend, you know, any people here, but uh, <laughs> less educated, I think, in the investment world. And also, you know, Chinese market has a relatively smaller uh, history. They, you know, they started only since 1990. So I think that definitely has a lot of opportunities, but um, we, I think, and I think systematic uh, factor investing definitely has a chance there because we've done some research and the, some typical factors, they, they tend to work in China as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it, it's sort of exactly in line with, with your, when you were talking about the, the Joel Greenblatt story and, uh, and how, you know, I mean, basically human, human beings, they don't know how to, how to manage their emotions and they end up just, uh, you know, reducing the performance if they get involved. Uh, if you take that to an emerging market, which is, uh, you know, and, and I think, you know, over time, over the long term, investors will get, they're starting to get more sophisticated and they're trying to educate themselves more. But like you said, Tao, this is a emerging market still. And so the characteristics are very much emerging market characteristics, 80 plus percent retail driven in China. And, um, you know, again, there's, there's uh, this irrational market behavior. And so therein lies the opportunity for people like uh, quant shops and, and uh, alpha, alpha architects or alpha driven funds um, that can actually uh, take advantage uh, exactly. of, these, uh, of this sort of environment and, and make a lot of money uh, because if 80% plus of the market are, are behaving irrationally, then, right. you know, it's, it's a zero sum game. So someone's going to be making the money on the other side. Right. Um, so let me, let's, uh, let's talk about, are, do you guys offer anything that has uh, any sort of Chinese exposure or Asian market exposure? Yeah. So uh, we have, uh, we have an international uh, uh, product that, that focused on the, Developed the markets for now, and we uh, so we we basically launched five ETFs. Two of them are are international focus. One is uh, uh, one is called IVAL. One is called IMOM, and uh, IVAL is uh, international quantitative value, and IMOM is international quantitative momentum. We basically apply the value and momentum uh, philosophy, you know, methodology, and and, and you know, into the uh, developed the markets. Uh, we're excluding uh, Canada and, 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 and United States. So uh, we currently don't have any products that specifically tap into the emerging markets, but you do get some exposure by having, you know, because Hong Kong and uh, um, I, I don't think we exclude ADRs. So we indirectly having some China exposure by having, uh, Hong Kong stock or ADR stocks in, in our uh, in our universe, uh, and uh, but but yes, we don't have any specific China exposure, like especially the A shares. But I, I I mean we're open to that, and we're doing some research on on that side. So um, I I don't see uh, I, I I don't see why we wouldn't have that in in in, in the future. Yeah, and so for the audience listening, um, you know, I mean, I think what you, your offering that you have now, because it includes some of the U.S. listed ADRs, is quite unique because uh, 
basically a lot of those are not included in any of the large ETFs and indices because they're listed in, on NASDAQ. Uh, we're talking sort of Chinese internet names and, and this sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I think that there's, there's absolutely, absolutely an opportunity for you there. I mean, it's the reason why Jason Xu is over at Raliant. He spun off of uh, research affiliates exactly. um, for pretty much that exact reason. So um, I'm excited to, to, to track you guys and see if, uh, if you guys come up with something because I think it's, uh, it's very, it's, it could be a very high demand, especially for international investors that want to get involved in that market that don't have the, um, you know, maybe the technical prowess or know-how or, or time to, to do as much research to the point where they can be comfortable investing. So I think that there's definitely a, some demand there for a product. Um, Tao, thanks so much for your time and for sharing uh, your insights and, and, and sharing about yourself. What's, uh, is there anything that you're working on these days, either personally or, uh, you know, other than this sort of product that we mentioned, um, at Alpha Architects, what are your goals uh, for the near term? Uh, anything you're super excited about? So uh, we are actually thinking of uh, potentially expand our f- footprint into China. So me and another partner, uh, Yan Zhu, we're, we're all Chinese nationals, and we're, we're we started writing, you know, um, blogs or you know, writing articles for some of the websites like Xuechou. Uh, wallstreetcn.com uh, mm-hmm. we're writing some articles to basically um, explain what we've done in the in the past uh, in alpha architect you know basically uh, and, and 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 try to educate Chinese investors with what we've done um, and and you know all these uh, systematic evidence-based investment process value momentum what is value mean what I mean basically writing you know very basic one-on-one articles uh, and uh, interestingly not that many people uh, write that, that 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 kind of stuff in China and even if they write some of the stuff I think um, they don't explain they you know they 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 don't explain it in in a, in a very clean um, in a very clean way so I, I think we're filling some gap there uh, and also, uh, our firm-wise, um, our goal is basically, you know, still raise system- s- s- sustainable AUMs to uh, sustainable clients, uh, and uh, we're still we're, we're doing great at, at the current stage. And our our goal is to raise a um, billion dollar on uh, all of our ETFs, and that's our main focus right now. So, um, yeah. That's exciting. Very exciting. Um, and to think, you know, I, I, I find it fascinating and very, I'm, I'm impressed at um, sort of the, the way that, that you guys uh, built up Alpha Architect. You know, I mean, if it, it started from, you know, just a, a couple of guys writing blogs about, you know, and usually there's, so within finance, there's, you know, there's usually a, quite a divide between institutional investors and, and individual investors. And the sort of the the research and the writing is very catered towards the two different sides. But I kind of see this crossover now happening, and that's you know also due to the internet and accessibility. Now individuals can jump online and get a lot of actually you know very good data backed you know peer reviewed research uh, that usually was only available to paying institutional clients, right? So I think that it, that's an exciting thing for me. 
Um, and I definitely think that China is, is something you guys are definitely on the right track. I mean, it's your, it's your home country. So, um, so, so that's exciting. Um, so Tao, again, thanks so much for your time. What's the best place that people can find you, follow you, uh, learn more about you or, and Alpha Architect? Sure. So, uh, Wes basically started this, uh, this business, but from just writing blogs and generating content. So we have a section and specifically we're constantly updating our contents and there is a section called blog in our website. Uh, and it's, you know, and it's straight up just alpha architect.com. And, uh, there's a section called blog where you can find a lot of white papers, a lot of the articles that we've been, we've been in writing and we have some, uh, 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 we have some outside contributors as well. Laris Roger is also writing some stuff for us. Um, nice. And uh, so that, that could be a good source, you know, where you can learn um, um, what we're doing. And uh, uh, also you can reach out to me just by email, you know, it's, it's straight up tau, T-A-O at alphaarchitect.com. Uh, you know, if you're, if you find uh, what we've talked uh, interesting, you can, you know, send me an email. We can talk about that uh, in, in more details. So thank you. Thank you. You know, thank you very much, Jay, for having me. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, we appreciate it. And, uh, and thanks for offering your help. And, uh, and we look forward to, uh, to seeing what great things uh, you guys uh, come up with in the future. So thanks again. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Jay. All right. Take care. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. All the show notes and links can be found over at jkimshow.com. Come back often and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the next exciting episode of The Jay Kim Show. As always, I'd love to hear your questions, comments, or future guest suggestions. You can find me on Twitter at jkimmer. That's J-A-Y-K-I-M-M-E-R. See you in the next episode.